Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, helping people, and all the things it takes to help you live a strong, joyous life. I am back again with my guest, Dr. Shyla Reddy. Hi, Joyce. Hi. Nice to see you again. Uh, Dr. Shyla is a functional medicine um, practitioner, and her website is RootHealthMD.com. Root and also on Facebook, we can reach you Same at, name at RootHealthMD. Um, so traditionally, you've been an internal... I have been an uh, internist, practiced internal medicine for more than 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, recently, I got certified in integrative and functional medicine. I developed special interest and I'm enjoying it a lot. So I'm now practicing functional and integrative medicine. Wonderful. Can you tell me a little bit about what <laughs> functional medicine is? Functional medicine is an approach to health and wellness that focuses mainly on identifying the underlying root causes of the disease rather than treating isolated set of symptoms. We do a lot of advanced testing uh, to find the root causes, which is not done in the traditional medicine. Uh-huh, so you still have the ability to prescribe medications if yes, sometimes we, somebody yeah. needs that no, We have the ability to prescribe the medication, but the goal is to de-prescribe the medication and fix the lifestyle, diet, and uh, um, exercises, and supplements. So a lot of times we are able to um, reverse the chronic conditions just by this, even though initially we give the medications, but the goal is to transition. Um, transition. Yeah. So is lifestyle medicine a good nickname for it? Um, not really, uh, because I took some lifestyle medicine courses in Harvard, but uh, this is slightly different. Functional medicine is a systems biology approach. This is evidence-based medicine. Got it, okay. Uh, so you create personalized treatments in functional medicine. So lifestyle is more like Lifestyle medicine, they don't look or, at the root causes. That's uh, functional medicine is specifically the okay. one that looks at the root causes. Got it. And the lifestyle medicine, I don't think they do this advanced testing. Okay. We well, have the cutting edge resources in functional medicine. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I often use some of those terms, functional, integrative, lifestyle, mm -hmm. holistic, all is one term, but there are differences. There are different. Holistic yeah. medicine is when you're doing non-conventional medicine in place of conventional medicine. Okay. And the alternative you are doing in addition to conventional medicine. Okay. Integrative also, you focus more on the mind, body, and spirit. Um, rather than uh, addressing only the physical aspect of the health. Yeah. So, and integrative medicine uses a lot of non-conventional methods, uh, wide, wide variety of techniques like acupuncture, Ayurveda, um, like aromatherapies, yeah. yoga, and all these things. But it is not always evidence-based medicine, but functional medicine is, is. evidence-based. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you clarified for that for me, because I'll be okay. more careful about mm -hmm. what I use for the right terms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk with you today about, I know you have a special interest in gut health, yes. and I wanted to mm -hmm. maybe get an um, idea of the, when we're talking about gut, what the actual anatomy is that we're talking about, and things like typical conditions that people talk to me about as a coach, often SIBO, mm -hmm. or um, irritable bowel, or mm -hmm that they're just not right there. <laughs> Diarrhea, constipation, like some oh. symptoms, they usually oh. come in with reflux. Oh. 
Gut is actually my special interest. Okay. I have uh, treated a lot of patients, uh, even when I was practicing uh, mainstream medicine. Yeah. People used to come to me just for the gut health, actually. Even my colleagues used to refer patients when they have gastrointestinal conditions because um, not, not everything needed to be treated by the GI specialist. Yeah. There's a lot of functional uh, role in the gut health. Let me explain you what uh, gut is. Basically, it okay. is a gastrointestinal tract. Okay. Um, it is a long pipe that we have. When you eat the food, it goes down the throat, which is actually esophagus. Uh -huh. And from the esophagus, the gut leads to uh, stomach. Mm. Uh, between the esophagus and uh, your stomach, there is a valve that lets the food go into the stomach. But if that opens up in the wrong direction because of the bacteria in the stomach or because of the undigested food due to lack of uh, hydrochloric acid and all, the gas forms and it lets the, um, not only the acid and all the stomach contents leak back into the esophagus. Because the esophageal lining is not meant to take the acid, um, so you develop heartburn, uh, mm. inflammation there. And what you do is give the acid-blocking medications, which is not the right thing to do, which we can talk later. And then from the stomach, it goes to the uh, duodenum, you know, there's a small intestine, ileum, and then to the large intestine. Mm -hmm. Small intestine is a place where your food is digested and absorbed. Okay. And from there, the fiber goes to the large intestine. In the large intestine, uh, the fiber is the food for the bacteria. So depending on how much fiber and what type of fiber you're giving, the bacteria eats the fiber and gives you good substances called, uh, you know, short-chain fatty acids and all that for your colon lining. They, th those things keep your colon uh, lining healthy. Okay, so that fiber is important it's and very to important. feed yeah. the healthy bacteria mm -hmm. in the uh, large right. intestine. Right. There are two different kinds of fibers, soluble and insoluble fiber. Each one has its own roles, but soluble is uh, much more useful. But insoluble fiber is like a broom in the intestine, you know. It okay. cleans up. You can't put your hand and clean the intestine, right? <laughs> so that's what Mother Nature designed it for, Okay, cleaning. But soluble fiber does something different? Uh, soluble fiber is different, but most of the food that we eat contains both soluble and insoluble fiber. Mm -hmm. um, the soluble fiber like feeds uh, bacteria and uh, you know, there's a lot of other things soluble fiber does it for. Got it's, it. Yeah. Uh, insoluble is more like a bulk forming thing for you okay. to move the stool. Okay. So um, on to some of the, the uh, deeper discussion or more technical mm -hmm. stuff of um, maybe we can start with the reflux of okay. what um, happens with... The reflux is basically it's irritation of your esophageal lining, right? Okay. Because the acid is a very strong for the lining to take unless it is designed for the acid, which is the stomach lining. Mm -hmm. Stomach lining is designed for the acid. Mm -hmm. So what happens when your foot goes into the stomach it needs to be digested, right? So the body produces, the uh, stomach lining produces hydrochloric acid that is required for the um, digestion of the food. So as you get older, uh, you don't produce that much acid. With the age, it goes down, and a lot of other factors. Nowadays, people take the acid-blocking medications also. So acid is such a, an important thing for your digestion. If you take those medications, which are given, in fact, to decrease the acid reflux, which actually I don't agree with it completely. Um, then undigested food, you have you accumulate more bacteria, the gas pushes the, uh, pushes the 
um, uh, what do you call esophageal sphincter back in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. So the contents, the stomach leaks back into the esophagus and irritates the lining there. Mm -hmm. Then you get the burning pain, a heartburn you call it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the real uh, treatment is initially when you have a heartburn, of course you have to take the acid blocking medications. Then you don't want to take it for years because a lot of patients come to me uh, with those medications they have had for several years. Yeah. And because they're not good, you need the acid for the digestion, right? So the goal so is the to- the acid blocker was there to treat the symptom initially the to take initially, you out of pain. Right, but, uh, but not in the long run. Mm -hmm. So I usually don't keep, if I start those medications, I don't keep it for more than, more than three, two to three months. Okay. And then you have to educate the patient on the lifestyle. Like, you know, you have to eat good. If you eat all the fast food, you know, uh, then um, you're going to have problems like with the digestion and you accumulate uh, bad bacteria. And some people, it's not just the type of food. Some cannot uh, um, accept certain foods. Like a lot of people have the dairy intolerance. Mm -hmm. So those people, if they take dairy, when they have uh, dairy intolerance, it, it could create other problems too, like SIBO and um, uh, stomach issues and heartburn. I mean, in, even extra gastrointestinal issues like acne and all that can come too. Uh, so it's, it's what you eat that matters. And you have to, if you have more allergies, then you have to get the food sensitivity testing. That's a whole different show we can do on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, so a lot of things are going on, but the, the big message is if you are on mm -hmm. some type of a proton pump inhibitor mm -hmm. or acid blocking medication, uh -huh. So um, sometimes I get patients just for the reason to de-prescribe, you know, acid blocking medications, mm -hmm. which actually take some time because we have to look at uh, the amount of gastrin they have inside and we have to uh, slowly take it off if they had been on many years. Mm -hmm. um, so that they require actually functional medicine specialist to go. We have a long protocol on how to do that. Yeah, mm -hmm. which explains why when mm -hmm. pe people have so much trouble getting off, because mm -hmm. they immediately get the symptoms back. Right, so immediately, yes, rebound, uh, high, uh, high pericity. Yeah, so by working with you in a, in a, in a, um, in a slow fashion, slow yeah. fashion and a mm -hmm. protocol that you know works, mm -hmm. then they can eventually A lot of supplements off. we use for that. Uh, ah. and, yeah. yeah. So what are some of the other conditions that people, besides the acid reflux? Oh, they, uh, the most common condition people come to see me is for bloating, bloating symptoms and yeah. indigestion. It's, these are the chronic symptoms. Actually, interestingly, I had a patient who has had like this bloating for almost 10 years in her life. Mm -hmm. So she came to me without any expectation that I was going to cure it, but she said, you know, I want to visit my you know, daughter who is far away and I just want to have some pain relief for a few days so I could sit in the flight. She was like so, so sick and she couldn't oh. even travel. Yeah. And I said, okay, you need to, you know, I, I need to do some testing. I did the testing and uh, I started the supplements. Believe it or not, within a day, her pain was gone. Oh, wow. She was like so thrilled and I said, I totally didn't expect this, you know. <laughs> it was just a natural uh, antibiotics that I started her on. Mm -hmm. This is, there was like so many bacteria sitting in uh, her small intestine. Uh -huh. it, uh, once you treat those bacteria with the natural antibiotics, you get such a huge relief. What, when you say natural antibiotics, what are you talking about? 
Oh, they, these are like, there are like combination of antibiotics. When you have a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, mm -hmm. there are several different antibiotics that you could choose from. But you don't just give one antibiotic like you do in mainstream medicine. Mm -hmm. If you take conventional medicine, you just give one antibiotic, right? Here you go with a combination of antibiotics, like usually uh, organo, berberin, neem, and all this. There are antibiotics that come in combination also. Uh, like a candybactim, AR and BR, and all these things come in combination. So these are herbal-based? Herbal-based. Got it. Yeah. They, but they are in also evidence-based. Oh, not... yes. It's evidence-based antibiotics. Yeah. In my experience, they have less side effects than the conventional antibiotics that we use for SIBO. And, but there are, uh, it's a long course, like four to six weeks, but mm -hmm. the traditional antibiotics like zefaxin and neomycin, you use them only for two weeks or four weeks, depending on the combination. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, one of the medication antibiotics might wipe everything out, whereas the, does a natural antibiotic um, do that na as well? Traditional antibiotics tend to wipe out more bacteria than the herbal antibiotics. Yeah. Herbal antibiotics, they are also antibiotics, right? So I'm not going to say that they don't, but they do. Yeah. They even uh, wipe out some good bacteria, but not to the extent the broad spectrum antibiotics uh, wipe out your gut. Mm -hmm. And it's a good idea to see someone like you who mm -hmm. has certain protocols or knows how to combine, because I often see people try to DIY it, do uh, it yourself. No, 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 you can't do that. They can because, overdose. Or... Because we have to even look at the lactulose breath test, which tells exactly what type of bacteria they have. There are two different kinds of bad bacteria, uh -huh. more than two in fact, but the common ones are two. So depending on the type of bacteria you have, the treatment changes. For example, Are you talking about for SIBO? SIBO. Okay, can for, you define SIBO? SIBO is a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Uh, the small intestine is a place where uh, you're not supposed to have too many bacteria, maybe a small amount will How be there. How do they get there? Um, yeah, I'll come to that. <laughs> <laughs> so in, um, when, um, when you have more bacteria, the exact count is more than 105 CFUs per ml. Mm -hmm. It's called SIBO. Uh, there are several factors that you get the bacteria there. The first thing that we already talked, it's like lack of acid. Mm -hmm. Because acid, Mother Nature designed to flush out the bacteria in the small intestine. Okay. Um, so we have something called migratory motor complexes, which means they're called uh, cleansing waves. Mm -hmm. So if your cleansing waves are not strong enough to clean the, back, clean the gut, then uh, you get the SIBO. Okay. Now, then uh, if there is an ileocecal valve, so if for any reason there is a dysfunction of the ileocecal valve, which is supposed to block the bacteria from the small intestine, uh, from the large intestine coming back. So if there's any uh, defect in the valve, the bacteria in the large intestine can leak back. Could that be caused by inflammation? Or? Oh, several factors, but that's not actually the common cause anyway, but the common causes are like a low acid okay. and the pancreatic enzyme deficiencies. So the enzymes are necessary for the food digestion. If you have the deficiencies of the enzymes, then uh, undigested food creates inflammation there and you develop leaky gut and then uh, What can make you have deficiencies in pancreas? pancreas? Yeah. Uh, it, it could be any causes like, you know, exocrine and endocrine pancreas we call. Mm -hmm. If it is an uh, endocrine deficiency, then you get diabetes because your insulin is not produced. Mm -hmm. um, exocrine deficiency is uh, lack of enzymes. Actually, as you get older also, mm -hmm. every enzyme in the body slows down with the age. Um, or there could be some nutrient deficiencies also that can, you know, 
Um, so you might that you might in a particular so, person like my age recommend mm -hmm. enzymes just because of it, my my no, age if I had symptoms. What I do is I do the stool testing. The stool ah. testing gives you an idea of what their uh, enzyme balance is there Got because it. we look at yeah. the elastase and all in the stool. This is something the, your regular is, doctor would no no be doing. regular doctors <laughs> don't do it. It's called comprehensive uh, stool evaluation. Okay. So that gives a lot of information like yeah. about what type of bacteria you have and what is your enzyme activity and um, there's a lot of substances that the bacteria produce we can look at all those substances there okay it's a, it's a very interesting test so when it comes to the mm -hmm. treatment you can be very specific right. Right. Um, exactly we can personalize the treatments it's not the same treatment for every patient so you cannot uh, do it yourself you yeah. have to go to see the doctor yeah yeah. I love that that mm -hmm. um, personalized treatment. Everybody is a unique um, right. recipe mm -hmm. or a unique. I mean, you'll have a, a protocol to use, but you've, you're going to personalize it for yes, that. Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we defined the reflux and um, how we need acid. We defined SIBO. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other? Like, can you tell me what um, often that sort of a garbage can term? Um, irritable bowel, like oh, when you don't know bowel. what to call it, call it irritable okay. bowel. <laughs> yes, that's another common cause we get, I get the patients. Yeah. But 60% of the patients with IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome, mm -hmm. have SIBO. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. yeah. Once you treat the SIBO, you treat the IBS. Okay. Like the other 40%, the, the other I would say, like a food sensitivities. So I look at the food sensitivity testing, I look at the SIBO testing, which is the lactulose breath test, yeah. and I look at the uh, GI effects test, the stool test. Mm -hmm. With all this information that I get from these three tests, most of the time I could fix the IBS, actually. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, make the symptoms get better. I mean, I, not everybody can reverse the symptoms, but mm -hmm. most of the time we could. So we're, but beyond the testing piece of it, what do you do first? What's the first intervention, typically? Um, tip, it depends uh, what, to, to what extent the patient wants the evaluation done. Mm. Some patients come and say, I can't even pay a penny for the test, you know. Yeah. Then I have to do the guesswork. Then I'll give like a dairy-free diet and gluten-free diet and all that. Okay. If they say, okay, do all the workup you can, I would like to fix it. Uh -huh. Then I do the... Uh, gluten testing, gut te uh, stool testing, breath testing, then I get a lot more information to personalize the treatments. Otherwise, I have to give a general advice, like, you know, okay, go gluten-free, do the elimination diet, yeah. and see, you know, how you feel when you reintroduce the food. Um, so it takes a lot it longer takes a lot without longer. the testing. Yeah, it is. Ah, that's good to know. Yeah. And I think sometimes, depending on the person's insurance, the insurance may cover some of this. Most of them, their insurance. Yeah. It depends on what type of insurance they have. Yeah. Um, I. It's, it's it's interesting. Sometimes you know the insurance, the same insurance also. I patients come back and say, oh, I had to pay money. You know, the insurance didn't cover it. But I give the same indication to the insurances. You know, I. Mm -hmm. no, yeah, I have to. But they can call ahead and ask their mm -hmm. insurance or appeals. I think that's right. another way to yeah. to do it. Yeah. But it's definitely worth exploring it. It is worth exploring. Yeah, I know a lot of times because it's a life changing thing if we could fix the problem. Imagine, huh? I know. Yeah. yeah. And especially for this patient, I told you, who was suffering for ten years and the pain was gone in a day. You know. She was just thrilled. It's amazing. And just look at the impact it mm -hmm. has on your life if you just kind of chronically live with these symptoms that are, we think right. we have it, that my mm -hmm. mother had it, I, you know. And, and the, 
Other thing I want to mention with the SIBO is like if the patients do it by themselves, there's a high rate of recurrence. Okay. When it comes back, the antibiotics we choose could be slightly different. Uh -huh. So the patients won't be able to manage it on their own. Oh, Especially yeah, they'll when say, when oh, I've had it come. before, so they'll, do, yeah. they'll treat it the, the same it, way. It's something that must be treated by a physician. Yeah. Mm. So uh, one of the th terms that you use and I've heard used is FODMAP diet. Mm -hmm. And um, is that something that people use related to SIBO? Um, you, yeah, they could use the FODMAP diet because, uh, in fact, some patients do it uh, um, for the diagnostic purpose also before they even come to see the doctors for the educated patients, no knowledgeable patients on this. But so, there's a lot on the Internet. And the, people there's a can... lot on the Internet. But there's a lot of good apps also on the iPhone. Yeah. Uh, the FODMAP, uh, uh, FODMAP itself is an app. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's several apps that they could use. And with, if you don't want to treat with antibiotics and if you just want to treat the patient on the FODMAP diet, it even takes about two years for you really? to get rid of the SIBO. You no wonder that, people give, they give up long before yeah, that. Can yeah. you define FODMAP for us? It's a fermented uh, oligodi and monosaccharides and polyols. Okay, uh, these FODMAPs, uh, the bacteria uses them and produce gas when they eat the FODMAPs. Mm -hmm. So in the FODMAP diet, you, you, you give the diet with the low FODMAPs. Mm -hmm. So for example, like onions, garlic, and they're all high in FODMAPs. Mm -hmm. So we don't want patients to eat them. So especially in the Indian cooking, we use a lot of onions and garlic, you know? Yeah. So it's difficult for people. Do you people have to, to eliminate them completely, completely even because a little the bit? The FODMAPs, you know, in the app, they say the green items, orange items, and red items. Okay. The onions and garlic are in red. So yeah. the green you can eat. But orange, it depends on your SIBO symptoms. If you have uh, uh, high symptoms and if you have a high bacterial count, I would... Just say, uh, just avoid even the medium items also, which are like avocados and stuff. You know. Can you ever um, go back to eating those foods after oh, yeah, you resolve? Yeah. After you resolve the SIBO and once you fix the lining, yeah. then you can go back to these foods. Yeah. But I would say like um, the onions and garlic, th things like that, which are very um, high in FODMAPs. Yeah. You know, you have to. I know my two Probably favorites. cut down a little bit <laughs> all your life. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah. you, you may still be able to have some, but not some, to the yeah, extent. But, not to but that wasn't necessarily what caused it, right? Those foods? It, no, that was, that's not what caused it. But once you have the bacteria, you don't want to feed the bacteria because you're growing the bacteria. Yeah. Even though it didn't cause it, that could make it worse. Got it. Yeah, that's yeah. confusing for people yeah. because they think forever. Like anytime they have a symptom, mm. they think this is forever or I inherited mm. this. But these are not. No, this is not forever. Yeah. But again, it depends on the cause of the SIBO. So if you're elderly, diabetic, because your gut is not moving. The, another thing that I didn't mention is uh, when you have diabetes, mm -hmm. you have like gastroparesis and those cleansing waves are not as strong. Okay. So you get the SIBO. That's a high recurrence rate because they have the diabetes. Unless they cure the diabetes, they're going to have uh, uh, recurrent SIBO. So I didn't know that. So you have your, 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 your uh, what do you call it? peristaltic waves? Oh, uh, it's uh, mig mo migratory motor complexes. You can call them cleansing waves. Okay, cleansing waves. <laughs> they don't um, work as well when you have diabetes. Yeah, because of the slow uh, gastroparesis usually is common in uh, patients with long-standing diabetes. Okay, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. But I tell, like, if it is um, uh, even before the SIBO records, I tell them, like, to use the motility agents. Mm -hmm. Like, if you take them, like, before they go to bed, 
that um, improves your cleansing. Like what? Um, like the, you can use it either as supplements mm -hmm. or um, as a natural things. Like the natural ones are like a ginger. If you take ginger and a little bit of apple cider vinegar and ginger every night or in the morning, that improves your cleansing waves. Okay. And the supplements are like Mortal Pro, and there's several different. Wait, uh, what was the last one you said? Mortal Pro. Mortal Pro is a supplement that okay. helps the with name. the mortality yeah. of the gut. Yeah. Are things like magnesium helpful for the gut? Yeah, magnesium uh, is helpful to loosen up the stools a little bit, okay. but um, but it's not a great uh, motility agent. Okay. Yeah. So those are. It's interesting because when people come in with, they'll go between diarrhea and constipation, often mm -hmm. a presenting symptom, right? right? For the IBS, and then yeah. being able to say, well, this works because of this reason, and. And uh -huh. so you might do more than one thing. Yeah, for that, actually, um, you need to see what foods are giving the symptoms for IBS. Yeah. And you need to see whether they have uh, um, a SIBO or not. Because yeah. unless you fix these root causes, you won't be able to uh, treat the IBS. Yeah. And so with the, back to the original presenting, if a person says they have bloat, they could have bloat all the way through, right? Not just, so the SIBO and also in um, there? No, it is the small intestine is the problem mainly. Okay. If they bloat in the large intestine, large intestine can expand uh, a lot, but that's a place where the bacteria are there anyway, so you don't have that much of a symptom in the large intestine bloating. It's a small intestine that bloats and give you the symptoms because oh, that okay. uh, small intestine is not designed to expand like large intestine. Okay. Oh, that helps a lot to understand because I often think of it as, so if somebody has gas and flatulence, mm -hmm. is that small yeah, intestine or that, large intestine? That could be both. Because uh -huh. when I do, uh, do the stool testing, whatever I find in the breath testing in small intestine, I see it in the stool testing as well oh, because okay. it is uh, going down the pipe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. Very comprehensive. <laughs> yeah, you do so much. It's difficult to explain it all in 20 minutes, show. Yeah. yeah, well, I told you we wouldn't, we're about <laughs> out of time, time but mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able to cover everything today. But I just right. wanted to give people a little bit of a hint about mm -hmm. how different the treatment is. Um, uh, and the approaches when you're in functional medicine and how mm -hmm. your unique skill set of having the traditional training and right. then this yeah, very um, evidence-based mm -hmm. um, comprehensive training on top and then the different kind of care that they'll get with mm -hmm. just the amount of time right. they spend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anything else you, you want to add before we wrap up with this show? I think we pretty much covered everything yeah, in the GI tract. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to learn, but mm -hmm. hopefully people will feel free to reach out to Dr. Mm -hmm. Shyla Reddy. And again, Root, Root Health MD no. and it's on Facebook and yep. RootHealthMD.com on the website. Uh -huh. Your office in Framingham and also um, you can work with people in Massachusetts remotely, so you don't have to uh -huh. um, yes. necessarily go to Framingham. But they have to come for one initial visit though. Right. And the follow-up visits could be in the remote setting. And remote. Okay, very good. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so thank much you so for much. coming today. Joyce. I really appreciate mm -hmm. it and I look forward to collaborating more with you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me here today. <laughs>